Bible has been around, read, adjusted, and interacted with for literally ages. Greg has read it so you don't have to, and now births into the world, Better Bible. Before we begin, as you will be listening to a retelling of Bible, please note that trigger warnings are in place for racism, xenophobia, violence, sexual assault, rape, child abuse, incest, animal cruelty, and more. Welcome to A Better Bible. essentially be a bit of mysticism and Bible Fight Club. We open with a fella called Alcana who has two wives that are safely stored up a hill. One of them has children and the other is barren. Alcana is fine with the no kid wife. He thinks she's dope with or without the ability to have kids. Besides, the other one gives him kids so why should he worry? Frustratingly, whenever he's not there, the two wives, with no supervision at all, get a bit testy. The child had up one going, sorry, uh, can you help me, mate? Let's count the kids I've got. That's that's one there, and, and what was that? We, we should count yours? Fine, let's race each other to see who can count to fuck all the fastest. She bullies her and is generally all kinds of a dick. This makes Hannah cry, for Hannah is the one who can't have children. And the name of the other one? didn't jot it down. But it doesn't really matter because, my good people, if you've been paying attention to the previous episodes, which of these women do you think will give birth to a story central character of Bible? Will it be the one who physically can have children and already has some? Or will it be the one who physically is unable to conceive? That's right. So Hannah is praying to God to let her have children, praying in her head, but as happens sometimes, her mouth still moves when speaking in her head. Alcana decides she is defo drunk and has a go at her. She explains she's praying, everything is cool, then she eats something. Turns out she was hungry, not barren. Hannah and Alcana fuck and she instantly gets pregnant. It's obviously Samuel. So Hannah keeps praying. Uh, just thanking God over and over and occasionally throwing some sneaky bitching in about the other wife, just asking God to make her kids an absolute nightmare. God, ever the mischief maker, dutifully makes them an utter tip. Okay, so Eli's kids are all shitty about offerings, but Samuel is brilliant at them, so Samuel grows up in the presence of the Lord. Eli's kids, not so much. A priest, in fact, goes up to Eli and tells her that her kids are pricks. I bloody loved your ancestors, Eli. We were good to them. They were good to us. Easy deal, really. But nowadays, you love your dickhead kids more than you love God. And we, frankly, cannot have that shit around here. So your shitty kids are going to be pretend shitty, which is what you deserve. They will die early. Your fault, right? Everyone in your bastard family will die early. Your kids will die on the same day. They will starve. They will have... Look, look, right. You and yours are fucked. I hate you. I hate your shitty, shitty kids. And God hates them even more than I do. Which is a lot because I fucking hate your kids. So they're like damned and shit. Meanwhile, there aren't really too many visions going on in the world at the moment, which is a spot of bad luck for the basic story structure for Bible. Samuel is growing and getting stronger in the eyes of God. Like, the two of them are tight. 
Samuel is praying and literally hears the voice of God. Not really expecting this, he looks around to see where the voice came from. Goes up to Eli and says, was, was that you? Eli, just there going, didn't say nothing, mate. Fair enough, thinks Samuel and goes back to praying. It happens again. And again. Now it's on this third time that Eli says, look mate, it's going to be God, isn't it? If you hear it again, say you're listening. Lo and behold, fourth time's the charm. God calls and Samuel says, what up? God says, well, thank goodness you decided to answer. Listen to me, you're going to be doing something that everyone will hear about. It will be wild, right? But always remember, Eli is a prick and Eli's sons are utter arseholes. The house of Eli can and will go fuck itself. Eli sidles up to Samuel to ask what the prey was all about, uh, what God had told him. Samuel, somewhat sheepishly, says God, God thinks, thinks he's a dickhead. Awkward all round, really. Cut to an Israelite Philistine fight. Israel are getting absolutely destroyed, and the elders are all like, What the fuck, God? Why do you keep making us lose? God, as is customary, doesn't say a damn word to them, and Eli's songs, oh, oh yeah, uh, they are all involved in a battle. The Philistines fight and they win, like an absolute trouncing win. They kill Eli's sons and they steal the Ark of the Covenant. When Eli hears about this, he is so very shocked that he falls off his chair and snaps his neck, dies. So, Israel lose a fight. The Ark gets got. Eli's sons are killed and Eli dies from snapping his neck in chair falling incident. Things are not going too well for them. Whilst this is going on, one of Eli's son's wives is pregnant and I'm learning that I should have paid more attention to what people's names are, but I didn't, so that's really no point complaining about all that now, is there? She's pregnant, right? The wife of the dead son of Eli, who is also dead with the chair fall neck snap thing, right? Pregnant. She hears about her husband's death and father-in-law's death and Ark being stolen and instantly goes into labour, giving birth to Ichabod. See, I got some of the names, didn't I? Whilst the new arrival comes, the Philistines are carting the ark to the temple of Dagonus. Get there, and a statue instantly falls over, which gives the Philistines bad vibes about this ark. Not as bad, though, as the vibes they get when, a little later, for all the tumours that the thing starts to be responsible for, everywhere the thing goes, people around it get tumours and stuff. They keep moving it, but it keeps happening. The Philistines are scared of this thing and they don't really know what to do with it. They decide they should probably give it back. But first, they think they have to make golden rats and golden tumours as a gift. A shit gift, but a gift nonetheless. So they make these golden rats and tumours, pop them and the Ark on a cart which is pulled by cows and kind of just fuck it off. The Ark of the Covenant returns safely. The party pooper, who is Samuel, tells all the Israelites to get rid of the other gods to serve their one. Presumably, in a classic Israelite way, they fucked about with other gods when theirs abandoned them. Samuel lets them know God will sort out the Philistines for them. So far, so familiar. The Israelites are all at a place called Ramor or Ragor or something, and they are praying and confessing that they have once a fucking gift been traitorous little bitches. The Philistines get wind of this and think absolutely bloody brilliant, they will be able to get all the Israelites in one foul swoop. 
Samuel does one burnt offering, Philistines get close but God in a triumphantly confusing move does thunder in the sky, the noise slightly confused the Philistines, distracting them for just long enough for the Israelites to slaughter the fucking lot of them. Samuel is leading them to victory, God clearly hates the Philistines and all seems to be going perfectly well. Now by this point Samuel is getting old and whilst it could be nice if he could pass the mystic leading Israel responsibilities to his children, would you believe it? They are Belens. He has two sons, Joel and Isha, both corrupt as the day is long, so the elders tell Samuel that he's going to have to ordain a king. His sons are liabilities and a king with divine right will surely not create any issues or leave any room for corruption at all for any purpose ever, ever, ever. Sam's a little annoyed by this. He knows his sons are pricks, but the idea of a king seems to be a bit usurping godish. So, complains about it to God. God says, be chill. They're asking for a king, which is forsaking me. Predictably, I am not. Happy with this, Samuel tells the elders that a king will screw them over. They say they want to be like everyone else. Why, Sam? Why do we always have to be the wackos in the desert? Can't we just for once, for one time, have a societal structure like every other bastard? God says just, just do, do what, what you, you want. want. Clearly can't be bothered to argue with, which presumably means God won't be pissy about them having a king and has got over himself. Sounds like the sort of thing that will happen, doesn't it? Cut to a tall man called Saul. He's out with a slave looking for a donkey, cannot find one anywhere, and decides he wants to give up. The slave wants to ask a magic god-man for help. They meet some woman who, would you believe it, is knocking about a body of water, asks if they know of any magic men, they get directed to Samuel. Earlier on, God had told Sam he wanted Saul, so when they meet, he gets made king. Donkeys appear, and Sam has meat for Saul, not like that. So in order to do the anointing, Samuel pours olive oil on Saul, kisses him, not like that, and gives him loads of dumb instructions that are probably too important for me to just gloss over, but, you know, it does go on quite a while, and I got distracted and look I'm I'm sorry okay it's it's all about bread and sheep and God coming over him and horns and changing into a different person then Saul is a different person with God's come all over him and Saul goes home now there's something about gouging eyes out Saul sees everyone is crying so asks what's going on everyone says these guys are going to gouge out our eyes so God spunks all over Saul again uh Ammonites are the eye gouging people right so Saul slaughters the fuck lot of them. A dude gets away and Saul uh, lets him go. He is then made king. Uh, again, second time in as many chapters, but good, good for you, Saul. Samuel decides it is high time to tell everyone that he has made Saul a king over them. They got what they wanted and then spends a while running down everything that's happening to them and what pricks they are for wanting a king in the first place. Saul was 30 when he became king. I don't know, it, ages like that feel important, but they almost certainly are not. Right, the Philistines turn up for a ruck. They have like loads of soldiers, however many you think is a lot, they have more than that, like so 
Many, too many, if you ask me. Samuel is nowhere to be seen, so Saul decides to make a burnt offering to God. This is enough to bring Samuel out of hiding. He turns up and tells off Saul. Not really sure what Saul did wrong, but... Right, now God wants someone else to lead the people. This is probably because a while back, Saul let some people go, and if God hates anything, it's mercy. Right, now none of the Israelite army have swords, so when it all kicks off, and it does all kick off, they'll be in trouble. Saul is shitting it, but his kids sneak off and try to fight Philistines. The kids think the Philistines have been offered up to them from God, and they end up killing loads of them. Positive mental attitude. All you need, people. That is all you need. Now, Saul heads off to Amalek to slaughter everyone. All soldiers, women, children, been told that not a living thing should survive. Saul decides to save the king and the animals. Not the children, but the king and the animals. Everything else is destroyed, but the king and the animals get spared. God typically does not like this and tells Samuel that Saul is being a little bitch for not killing absolutely every living thing. Samuel questions Saul. Kill everything, did you? Yep. Even all those children. And I I tell you what, felt felt a bit off slaughtering innocents. Like, their little eyes were looking up at me. Did you plunge the sword into them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, God likes that bit best. All right, but everything killed. Everything? Everything. So, what's all this, uh, what's all this sheep noise I hear? Well, we kept some sheep. It's not fucking everything then, is it, dickhead? God rejects Saul as king, does not want a softy doing anything in his name, and that king that was spared gets killed. What a tremendous waste of everyone's time, effort, and money. God tells Samuel to find him a new king, and they end up, right, finding David, a little thin guy who is a son of Jesse. He's a shepherd and ends up playing the lyre for Saul. He's a, it's a whole convoluted thing, but David is made king secretly. Uh, that will be properly announced at the end of this book, but it's technically done now. And he gets to hang out with the not really king, but kind of abandoned by God still king Saul. The Philistines are, again, ready for war. Uh, We are close to the whole big fella, little fella, rock face dead. That's coming up so, so soon. You see, Goliath wants the battle to be all robot jocks. And instead of everyone charging everywhere, just Goliath versus one Israelite. And the losers are all slaves for the winners. All the Israelites shit it and are making up excuses why it defo shouldn't be them. Goliath is a tall fucker, like almost ten foot or something. Well, it's six cubits in a span, and you can bet your bottom dollar that there's arguments about what that height actually should be. But after a bout, David says, he'll have a go. Goliath laughs. Dave gets out his sling, fucks a stone into Goliath's head. Goliath falls to his knees. Dave chops off his head and holds it for all to see. Everyone loses their collective shit. Now, interesting interpretation here is that by David throwing a stone, uh, some people say he just kicks Goliath in the nuts, which I prefer but suspect isn't true. The crowd go mental, right? Songs are written about David saying how he's more of a badass than Saul, which incidentally fucks Saul all the way off. and fuels a paranoia that'll haunt him till the day he dies. Right, David is now the right-hand man of Saul and becomes good friends with Saul's son, Jonathan. 
David keeps leading armies, keeps winning every single battle, and as a result, Saul's jealousy and paranoia increase over and over. There's then some bullshit about David marrying Saul's daughter, one he doesn't want, the other he kinda does, at least enough to actually marry. So so there's that. Oh, and the price for marrying Saul's daughter is 100 Philistine foreskins, which is objectively weird. Uh, David nips out and comes back with 200 foreskins, which is... Well, well, that wasn't the task, was it? But people keep going crazy for cock-hungry David. Saul was has kind of had enough and tells Jonathan, his son, and David's bestie to kill him. We now start a long, tedious section where Saul follows David about the place, trying to kill him, failing, being confronted, apologising, making friends, then deciding to try and kill him all over again. A couple of times David gets into a situation where he could easily kill Saul, once when he's inside the king's sleeping tent, and another where he's right behind Saul as Saul is pissing in a cave. Uh, neither times does he kill him. So this long chase scene keeps showing David as a brutal murderer of anyone apart from Saul, and keeps showing Saul as an competent and paranoid man who is abandoned by God. Samuel dies. I know, right? This is right out of the blue. Sure, we know he was old, right? But as this is the first of two Samuel books, I thought he would have made it a little longer. But no, Sam, dead, right? So Samuel dies to kind of mass indifference. So we immediately go back to David getting into some bother and marrying a second wife, but don't worry, because Samuel will be coming back in a minute as a force ghost when Saul decides to see a medium and ask for help. Samuel comes at him all, Ooh, ooh, why do you disturb my slumber? Saul says, God has abandoned me, so can you help me please, mate? We used to be tight. Samuel says God thinks you're a bitch and David is cool, so ain't no one getting you out of this shit, right? You have created the pickle yourself, get yourself out of it. Oh no, you can't, you're fighting against God. Meanwhile, David is fighting everyone but God. And by everyone but God, I mean everyone he meets. But whilst out and about, his wives get captured. I think by Philistines, usually is. They have a dreadful habit of not slaughtering women and children when they attack. So they capture David's two wives, and David is, understandably, livid. But as a good God-botherer, he asks God if he should fight back. God says, of course, have a pop. And David bumps into an Egyptian. Turns out this particular Egyptian is an escaped slave that David is able to convince to help him. The Egyptian helps, and David is able to find the enemy, makes short shrift of vanquishing said enemy, and gets his two wives back. He then decides everyone fighting should plunder, and makes this a law, thou shalt steal from Balance, or, or something like that. This is all going on as the Philistines, different group, or maybe David was fighting others, not, not sure it matters. Anyway, right, a different group of Philistines, they fight Israel and kill Saul's son. <laughs> Lol. Saul is running away from his armor bearer and tells his armor bearer to kill him. Saul, my king, this is totes suspicious. If I draw my sword, aren't you gonna fuck me up for like treason or some shit? No, no, mate, seriously, they will catch us. They will kill us, but it'll probably suck a lot harder than if we just do it ourselves. Kill me. The armor bearer refuses, so Saul falls on his own sword. Saul dies and his body is carted off by the Philistines, cut up and chucked on a wall for everyone to see. But don't you worry, dear listener, it's retrieved by someone and burnt. The bones are then buried. And there you have it. This book is done, but we are but halfway through the Samuel books. What an 
earth are they planning on doing with the second one? Especially as Samuel is dead, although we have learned he can come back at any point, so that does take out a fair bit of jeopardy. Anyway, I'm guessing it's going to be a flashback episode. By all means, make your own guesses, and I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to A Better Bible. Now we need you to spread the word. Rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. Follow the Twitter in the episode description and let us know how we changed your life, why you love us, how you need us. Share this with the world. Evangelize like a bastard. <laughs> you stupid.